Welcome to the New Providence Presbyterian Church podcast, where we will share our messages from our weekend worship services. We hope these messages will inspire you and challenge you in your walk with Jesus. You are a follower of Jesus, and you just laid your Savior into the tomb. Totally my opinion, but I think that even more than Good Friday being something terrible for the, the disciples to have experienced, I think Saturday was worse because they had to relive the memory of Friday all over again of seeing their Savior crucified, of seeing their best friend helplessly hanging on a cross and then having to think over and over and over again, day after day after day, what is going on? What just, what just happened? So Saturday was rough. And then Sunday would just be the same thing all over again. We have been reading through the book of Mark, breaking news. So let's time travel for just a second. We're in Jerusalem. The sun is dawning. It's quiet. And you turn on the TV, just like you would in good old ancient Jerusalem, to hear this. Good morning, Jerusalem. It is a quiet day after the Passover. And, well, as you can see, there was quite the scandal happening this weekend where the Lord Messiah, as some would call him, was crucified and now buried. The town is torn in two as some of them claim that their king has died. But the other have said, well, finally, we have put an end to this heretic and blaspheming lunatic. Well, as in other news, here we see in the Sea of Galilee, it is good for travel. So if you need to take your boat and get to the other side, all is clear. I'm sorry, what was that? What? I'm sorry, folks. What? He's, but he was dead. Are you sure? Do you have witnesses? Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news, this just in. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who was crucified on Friday, laid buried dead yesterday, is not in the tomb. He is risen. He is alive. Can you imagine the stir that must have gone on throughout Jerusalem? And then you and I are standing here right now because the news reached you. This is news that has outlasted generations. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. So we're going to continue in the Gospel of Mark as we wrap this series up. This is breaking news. Mark 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Just as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white, in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. 
Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. I mean, let's be real. If you were on your way to pay tribute and respect to the person that you just saw die, and all of a sudden you see an angel glowing in white robes, shining, saying, he's alive. I'd be like, what? This is crazy news. I was walking this morning and outside of our cemetery, there's a cross at the end. And I've seen the cross many times and I've walked through the cemetery many times. But this morning, something hit me. The sight of an empty cross It's our glory, but that's not something out of the ordinary. When someone was nailed to a cross, eventually they would be taken down and buried. So the sight of an empty cross is not what shook the foundations of the earth. What shook the foundations of the earth was not the empty cross. It was the empty tomb because he was not supposed to come out of there. Someone who died should not be alive again. What changes the world, what shakes the foundation of what we believe is that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ walked out of that tomb. He is alive. And naturally, these women were freaking out. They were afraid. And I love how Mark doesn't hide this. He tells it just the way that it is. How many of you have ever experienced fear? I mean, we all have. And the fact that Mark highlights this in the story of the resurrection, I mean, this is supposed to be the most heroic tale of all times. And he ends it by pinpointing and highlighting the fear and the trembling of these women. They said nothing at that point because they were just so confused and rattled at this sight that they just, they just ran away. So confusion and fear are dominating the scene here, and the angel totally gets it. And this is one of the things about God that I have come to love the most. He meets us right where we are. So many times we put ourselves and we say, you know, I should be here, and I need to be this, and God expects me to be here, and and if I don't do this, then I am not good enough. Friends, this is why Jesus came. Because we are not good enough. Because there is nothing that we could ever do to climb the spiritual ladder to make us good enough to earn salvation. And because we could not climb the ladder, Jesus came down. And he meets us right where we are. Are you hurting right now? Here's the good news. Jesus meets you right where you are. Are you struggling right now and trying to figure out, I have no idea how to make these ends meet. Jesus meets you right where you are. Are you battling sickness? Jesus says, it's okay. I am the healer and I have got you and I will sustain you and I will carry you. I'm going to meet you right where you are. Are you joyful? Are you rejoicing? Are you happy? Jesus says, I'm right there with you. 
he meets us where we are. And the angel met these women right where they, right where they were. They were afraid. And then the Bible says they were alarmed. And the angel recognizes that. And he says, hey, don't be alarmed. Guess what? Jesus of Nazareth is not here. He is risen. Now, another thing that just is crazy about this story is not just the fact that a dead person is now alive. It's the fact that the first eyewitnesses were women. In a male-dominated society, in Jewish law, the account witness of a woman was totally not even considered. So these women just saw the most miraculous thing that they had ever seen. They're afraid. And to add to their fear, they were just commissioned to go and tell. And I can just imagine, Mary, who's going to believe us? Who's even going to consider a word of what we have just said? But look around. You're sitting right here. And I'm standing right here which means the news reached us. Fear is not enough to contain good news. Death was not enough to contain Jesus into the tomb. He is alive and he is risen and he is real. And what is this good news? I'm gonna tell you, for most of you, this is probably stuff you already know. You could be teaching me. But as I was sitting this week in the office and I was typing this up, I, I literally was writing the, the verse from, from Mark. He is not here. He has risen. And all of a sudden, I felt like I got sucker punched in the gut. A realization came over me. Audrey, what you're writing about, what you are preparing to preach, this is not a story. This is not a fairy tale. I am alive. I walked out of that tomb for you, for you. And I sat there and, and I started crying and I'm like, this is why I do what I do because he's alive. And all of a sudden, this realization of the fact that for today, for 2023, this message of hope is the same as it was 2000 years ago when he walked right out of that tomb. I immediately got to put someone in my mind and I called my friend up and I was like, dude, do you realize that Jesus is alive? And to be quite honest, he's the principal at the school that I used to work at. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry to mess up your day, but he's alive. And he had just experienced some deep losses of his family in the past couple of months. And his, his loved ones, they believed in Jesus. And I said, this is not the end, brother. You are going to see them because Jesus is alive, because they had Jesus in their hearts. Like, there is resurrection power. And he's like, I needed to hear that today. He knew the news. He knew the good news. I'm a pastor. I know the good news. But I needed that fresh pouring of it becoming real once again. Because in the busyness of life and in the crazy chaos of trying to put things together last minute, I had forgotten the awe and wonder of the resurrection. 
And when it dawned upon me one more time what resurrection meant, I could not help but tell somebody. And that is exactly what happened in the story. Have you ever had some really good news? And what's the first thing that you want to do? You want to tell someone. You call your mom. You call your friend. You call your brother. You text your group chat. You will never guess. Because good news cannot be contained, nor should it be. And if we cannot wait to tell our loved ones about the job we got or about the, the promotion that we got or about how a friend has, has conquered cancer or about how someone just uh, passed their test on something, if we cannot help but share good news, how much more this resurrection story he is alive, friends. He is alive. The good news is that we deserve death, but he took it upon himself instead. The good news is that the word that was spoken by Abraham in Genesis, when God asked him to give his only son in sacrifice on a mountain called Moriah, which would one day be Calvary. And Abraham was up there obediently getting ready to sacrifice his only son. And the son's like, hey, dad, uh, I see the wood and I see the fire and we got the knife. Where's the sheep? And Abraham prophetically, 2,000 years before Jesus, said, the Lord will provide the lamb for the sacrifice. And 2,000 years later, on that same mountain, the Passover lamb was provided. And Jesus died a death in our place. And through that death, sin was defeated, and evil was defeated, and darkness was defeated, and everything that came against the work of God and the kingdom of heaven was defeated. This is good news. And through Jesus, every office is fulfilled. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that there were prophets, priests, and kings trying to be the voice of God here on earth until things were made right. And through Jesus, every office is fulfilled. Jesus is the prophet. He announces that there is only one way to salvation. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. A prophet calls out his people and shows them the way. He became the priest, and Hebrew says he is the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a, a priest in the Old Testament, and through him, Jesus comes to show we don't need a human mediator anymore because I am your access to the Father. I am the sacrifice. I am the atonement, says the Lord. He became the prophet, he became the priest. And through his death and resurrection, the word of God says that he is seated at the right hand of the Father in all of his glory and of all of his victory, he is resurrected King Jesus. Resurrected King Jesus. This is good news that outlasts the ages and that touches generations past, present, and future. 
and it's touching us now. And we're here because of it now. And God wants to change the world so that they can have glimmers and glimpses of hope and glory through you. He is calling you because you are the carrier of the good news. And it's scary. It's scary to be a carrier of news that does not line up with the kind of news that society and culture wants to hear today. Because what moves in the world that does not know the kingdom of Jesus is completely opposed to the kingdom of light. So this word for today, church, where the angel says, don't be alarmed, go and tell, it is for us today. Because God gets it. It is scary to try to go out and, and combat the darkness. It is a scary feat to go out into the world the way that it is today. But Jesus is saying, I am equipping you and I am giving you everything you need. And it's not through your strength and it's not through your words and it's not through your abilities or your talents. Or, it is through me, through the resurrecting power of Jesus, this transforming power of Jesus. And the angel makes this contrast to the women. He's like, this Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified, Seems like a normal sentence to us, but it was not a lovely title for someone back then. The word of God says that Nazareth, Nazareth was the tiniest village and people would literally say, you're from Nazareth, yikes. So Jesus of Nazareth, can anything good come from Nazareth? Was crucified. And crucified was the most horrific death saved for crime like the, that was the capital punishment for criminals and Jesus had to go through this as Deuteronomy 21 says cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree and Galatians in the New Testament says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree so Jesus is our hope and our glory because he literally took our place. And then the angel goes on to say, he is risen. And I had never thought about this until this week as I was going through this. Jesus was not simply resuscitated. You know, when someone dies and you see the paramedics giving them CPR and all, like you're trying to resuscitate someone. When someone is resuscitated, they are in their same body and, and they are brought back to life. Yes, there are stories, medical accounts where people have died and then they have been resuscitated. That has happened. And we see it in the Bible. In the Old Testament, Elijah uh, resuscitated the the son of the widow. We see it through Lazarus when Jesus calls him out of the tomb. He was four days dead, stinking up that tomb, and he was resuscitated. He came out in the same body. Jesus was not resuscitated. He was resurrected. And the word resurrected means you come forth in a new body that is ready for eternity. This is what marks the difference from our risen King Jesus from anyone else who has ever gasped that breath of life again. And no other religion on earth has a resurrected Savior. Only King 
Jesus. So he says this Jesus of Nazareth that was crucified and died, now he is risen. So go and tell all of the disciples and check this out. He mentions Peter by name. That's really interesting. Mark is writing the book. Peter is giving him all the information. So Peter's like, yeah, make sure my name gets in there, buddy. Go tell the disciples and Peter. Peter wanted everyone to know that even he, the one who had denied the Christ, the one who walked away from home, the one who ran in the opposite direction and claimed to not know his teacher, even he was worthy of the good news of the resurrected King Jesus. I don't know what your story is right now where you're sitting today. Are you home and are you basking in this resurrection power or do you feel like you've just strayed far away? Have you denied the Savior? Have you traded him for your um, your equality of, of 30 pieces of silver? Have you denied him? Have you walked away from home and just thought to yourself, this, this good news just isn't for me anymore? Well, guess what? Peter made sure for us to know that it was for him And if it was for him, then it is for you. And if it's for you, then it is for me. We have access to this good news because Jesus is alive. There is no one beyond reach of our Jesus. Jesus came to settle the heaviest of debts. Sin was the charge. Death was the cost. The cross was the payment. And the resurrection is the receipt. We are free. And we believe this resurrection news. And the word of God says that not even the gates of hell can prevail against a church who believes and is founded on the solid rock. So this morning on this resurrection Sunday, friends, there is is a reason to rejoice. There is a reason to be stirred up inside. There is a reason for us to not just leave these doors and go about as business as usual. The king is alive. And as David Bryan preached last week, we are part of this heavenly parade. I, could, I have not been able to get that out of my mind, and that's a good thing. We are part of this kingdom parade in the already but not yet. We already know that he came. We already know that he died. We already know that he resurrected, but he's coming back, church. He is coming back. And we are holding on to that hope where one day the sky will be split in two and the king will come down in all of his glory. Easter Sunday, Sunday came but someday is coming. And that is what we are looking forward towards. So I invite you and I encourage you this morning to ask the Holy Spirit to stir up that good news in you again. If it has gotten stale, if it has grown old, if it's not given you the awe and wonder that it did when you first met Jesus, ask the Holy Spirit, God, 
stir it up in me again. Awaken my soul to your awe and wonder because he is alive and he will never grow old in loving you. So may this story never grow old because it's not just a story. This is our reality. One thing to remember this week as we, as we leave, Easter Sunday is not just meant to be remembered. It's meant to be celebrated every single day in your hearts and in your everyday lives. King Jesus is alive. Amen? And one thing to do, pray or sing this verse every day this week to refocus your heart and to recenter yourself. Write it down. It's a very well-known hymn. Um, and use it every day to just bring yourself back to what this story is about. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. So life is worth the living just because he lives. Amen.